Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Mishra's Bubble. My name is Francisco and here today with me we got my beautiful, wonderful co-hosts Evan and Spider. How are you guys doing today? I am fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm ready for this one. Yeah, we, we got a, an interesting one today. So let's go a little bit about the history of today's episode. I was watching Evan's stream the other day and he was playing Legacy and he was saying that he was not enjoying Modern. And I look at him and I'm like, wait, what? Modern is just fantastic right now. What are you talking about? And he's like, well... I may not be too much into it, and then, you know, I talk to Spider, and he's like, well, but I do like Modern too right now. So, we were talking about the current state of Modern, how we got here, and we also thought that it would be an interesting thought uh, to, you know, share how we feel about the format right now, and not only that, but I thought it would also be interesting to talk about... Um, the potential changes that could happen to the format, that being uh, unbans more than anything else, because I don't think that bans are really what we want to be talking about, but like, it kind of feels like it may be time to potentially look at the, the ban list and say, like, well, maybe this one could, could come out, and that is based uh, mostly on the massive insane changes that uh, MH2 has, uh, the, the insane effect that MH2 has had in the format. The idea there being that the if this is the accepted and the the goal power level of the format, then the ban li- the ban list just like needs to, a second look because these cards were all you know any card on there should just have a second look right now. They were all thrown on there in, in very different environments than we are in right now, um, and I I don't think. A couple of them should potentially be on there anymore um, because of that. Let's get this. Let's get this rolling because I feel like we're gonna have we are gonna have a lot to talk about. Then uh, you know, a little bit of spoilers here, but you know, Spider also topated one of the challenges this past week, so I am very very interested in talking about the um, you know the deck list that he was playing because y- you were playing a real spicy one, dude. Yeah, I mean that's what I like to do. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's something that that we're going to be talking about today. But let, let's let's fire things off by talking about the current state of modern. So, Evan, do you think you can really quick or really not quick, very slow as well? Uh, you can like talk about you know how you feel about the format. What is it about the format that you are just not enjoying, and what you are finding? Um, would you, which you are, you say that you are finding in legacy though. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's a hard thing to summarize to to boil down in, into few words. Um, it it comes down to I think what I, I I I know this is very much a personal thing, right? Just what I think is a good format isn't necessarily like what is truly a good format. Um, but what I consider good games of Magic, I am finding. I'm finding in Legacy and, and not finding as much in Modern. I'm feeling like I get a lot more back and forth and interesting lines and and decision paths and, and whatnot when I'm when I'm playing uh, when I've been playing these Legacy decks. I've been playing 
some various control builds. Uh, Bant Miracles has been awesome. I've been having a lot of fun with that. I'm even playing the the Delver strategies in that format, which are kind of akin to what we're seeing take over Modern, but the games just play out so differently in that format. And I think the reason for that is both sides of the battle of, you know, answers to threats feel even in that format. The answers are, as for the most part, as good as the threats. Um, and I think in Modern, we've hit this point where the threats are a lot better than the answers. Not entirely. I think there are really good, efficient answers. You know, there are, you know, Unholy Heat was just printed. That is a really good, um, that is a really good reactive card. However, it's, it's primarily, you know, played in the decks that are also playing the best threats in the format, which makes sense because, you know, they're all enabled by the same thing, working with the graveyard and all that kind of stuff, Delirium. Um, but I'm just finding that, that I'm able to react to the things that are happening in legacy and and there's there's better counterplay there than i'm getting in modern and modern you know i'm sitting there with all these things that are answers and i'm not able to actually answer anything that's happening um you know things are i had this i had this big rant on my on my stream last night about how everything in the format feels like it's either going under or over the answers. And that could be, you know, I'm choosing the wrong answers, but these answers are Counterspell, Archmage Charm, Path to Exile, Fatal Push, whatever it is. I, I keep sitting there with these cards dead in my hand because something, you know, it's Counterspell and they have turn one DRC or monkey. And that just goes right under Counterspell, right? Now you have to decide if you're going to kill the monkey or the DRC or you're going to leave up Counterspell for the next thread. And um, as soon as these things connect or untap, you're already buried in advantage. Uh or they're going over the removal spells that you're playing for these cards. So you're playing Fatal Push, you're playing Bolt. Well, these cards line up really poorly against Urza Saga and Murktide, and I'm just having a really hard time finding the right middle ground. Whereas in Legacy, you're like, ah, Swords the Plowshare. Deals with the little stuff, deals with the big stuff, doesn't send you way behind. Or you have Force of Will, where it doesn't matter at what point in the game this counterspell is going to be live, or whatever, you know? Uh, it... it it just feels like I don't have the tools for the styles of decks that I'm that I'm trying to play. Yeah, for sure. No, that's that's super interesting. And do you feel like that is be- because of? And this is something that kind of got sparked with um, Gabriel Nassif, uh, the, the one and only Yellow Hat, mm. winning the Sunday Modern Challenge right. with uh, probably the wildest just guy control list that I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, and we're talking about like wild. We're talking main deck, two main deck rest in peace. We are talking uh, four shark typhoon. We're talking one solitude, three wall of omens, uh, three Teferi time raveler, one hero of area, one jace, and four expressive iteration. Like this yeah. is, it, it kind of felt like this was what was uh, what was tying the room, uh, the entire room together. Four expressive iteration. Um, Nassif streamed the whole thing all the way to, you know, every single match was streamed. So if you want to check that out, you can go to, you know, you can probably go to his bots or whatever. But um, Expressive Iteration looked very, very impressive in throughout the, the entirety of, of, uh, of his stream because 
it is what allowed him to always have gas. Like he was just never running out of business and he was, you know, just like playing a wall of omens, which would completely brick wall a monkey. Uh, then he would, you know, like play a rest in peace, which would completely blank Morktide and DRC. So like, it feels like we have all of these insanely busted threads that are, you know, kind of, they are taking over the format. They are far and away the best threads in the format. Uh, but it kind of felt like Nassif just actually did have some cards that lined up extremely, extremely well about the, uh, against the, these cards, even though, like, you know, we have not seen made the resting pieces since the Hogak days, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is not, this is not something that I would have thought of. Um, but, like, the combination of, you know, having access to all this stuff, triple Supreme Verdict against, like, the Hammer decks and the, um, the, the decks that would back up threats with counter magic like Blue Red Murktide. Uh, Fire and Ice looked very impressive too. Main deck engineered explosives, uh, sideboard Chalice of the Void. And the thing that had everybody talking is the fact that he was playing only one copy of Counterspell in the main deck and three more copies of Counterspell in the sideboard. So is this one of those those moments where it's just like, wait, is, is control actually just fine? But you know, we are just building control poorly and just Nassif just figure it out. Like, this is the way that we are supposed to be building control decks now. So, first of all, Counterspell, he even said afterwards, it was like the worst card in the deck. He he didn't want the main deck one. I think the sideboard ones, I'm not sure where he landed on them, but like, I played the list for a little bit and felt like the sideboard ones should have just been forces. Um, that would have been better. Um, I would personally... So, so this is where this is where it comes in. Where I said, you know, I I know this is my own personal thing. The the reason I'm not enjoying the format and whatnot is because, you know, I'm saying I'm not getting to play the strategies I like. And this doesn't fall under that category. I I, I would hesitate to call this control. I would say that this is way more akin to a mid range deck. It, it's it's much more like you know, Jund or whatever. It, it's entirely tap out. Um, for the most part, right? There are obviously some instant speed spells, but you're, you're tapping out, you're playing Wall of Bones, you're playing these early Planeswalkers, you're playing Sweepers that are, you know... It's it's a very different approach, a very different mindset. Um, it doesn't play at all like these... Are, even your card advantage spell, you know, Expressive Iteration is a card that... Um, it's sorcery speed. Even if you can instant speed it with Teferi, it's not necessarily even good to play at instant speed because a lot of the things you're getting are... You, oh, you're casting that at instant speed, you're probably only getting one card off of it. You know? Um, it's 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 different. I don't know. I, I wouldn't take this as like, hey, control is viable and this is just a different way to build control. I would just say, hey, that's a mid-range deck that's doing pretty well. Fair enough. So, so you, would, you would say that... Back in the day where we had like the Omnath, Udo, you know, like tap out control decks, style decks, you would say that those are also more mid range decks? I would decks? say a lot of those were, were mid range value piles. Those were a little bit different. They, you know, some of those were packing. It, it, it's hard, right? It's how do you define a control deck? What is it that you're actually using as your metric to define these things? Is it it's playing counter spells? That's not, that's not enough necessarily. Is it it's playing instant speed? <laughs> The semantics—it's it, it, tricky. The semantics are tricky. Like how you're actually categorizing these things. I see that deck and I say, yeah, these are a lot of cards that I'm familiar with in a control deck. Things I would play in a control deck, but all of these pieces together, I don't think I would call it a control deck. 
but that's just by my definition and i don't even know how i would necessarily put my definition into words you know it's just it's like a feel thing i see that deck and i would say that's a mid-range deck um maybe the the argument against it being that it's not winning with like mid-rangey creatures like tarmogoyf but then there's shark typhoon which is like almost like that i i don't know yeah i mean the, the, the way that i see it is kind of control does get tied to um to 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 the card counter spell like mm. that's probably the single most iconic control card that we've ever seen but um we have seen non blue control decks in the past as well i do remember uh, we were talking about uh, we were talking about. I mean, I was listening to the, <laughs> uh, you know, listen to podcast. You feel like you're talking to these people, but I was listening to the Resleevables, and they were talking about the Torment set. Hmm. That is the the set where they really, really uh, buffed uh, the color black, and they they created so many pushed uh, black cards that there was like the tier one deck was a mono black control deck, and the premise I think for for control is it is a deck that is aiming to render everything that its opponents uh, do just um, useless, okay? So you, you're getting to a point where you have so many cards, you have so many answers, that your opponent can't do anything about what you're doing, and anything that they can try to do in order to to get out of this, of this you know, like, soft lock, to, to, to say it somehow, um, just doesn't work. Like you just you are just one step ahead of everything they're doing, and for everything that they try to achieve, you get something else. Um, and in order to do this, of course, you need you do need to have to have card advantage because you know you need to make sure that you have more cards and you that you are you know getting ahead of what your opponent's doing. So, by the way that I understand control, this to me does look like a control deck more so than a mid range deck, and uh, that is mostly because of the the card choices, right? Like. Mid-range decks, like, you will never see John main deck in Damnation, right? Like, that is not a card that the John decks are often interested in playing. Uh, this card has three power amongst his creatures, which is the one <laughs> the one solitude. Um, and, like, sure, like, th- there are the Shark Typhoons, which are, like, you know, the way that you are choosing to win the game. But more often than not, these are just cycled for one to chum block something. So... Um, the way that you're actually winning the game, it is eventually you're going to be, you know, making a massive shark or whatever. But um, the reality of the situation is that more often than not, you're just going to be winning with stuff like, you know, just the fairy or Jace and just outgrinding, uh, you know, your opponents with card advantage. Yeah, so I suppose a way you could boil down a control deck is... Because I think this feature is true of you kind of mentioned it there i think this is true of any control deck is it is a deck trying to maintain control of the game control of the opponent's actions through the use of or maybe not the use is the right word but through card advantage you are trying to you are trying to be ahead on card advantage and using that card advantage you are controlling the events of the game Right, so like, if we're looking at that, then this list would be considered a control deck. It's playing a lot of things that are trying to break one for one, playing all these supreme verdicts. It's a way to break out of one for oneing with your cards. It's playing a lot of cards that are cantripping. It's got wall of omens and whatnot. Expressive iterations, usually a two for one, and all that kind of stuff. So it's a it's a deck trying to control what the opponent's doing, control the the direction of the game, and doing so fueled by card advantage. 
in that by that definition, I guess I would say that this is a control deck then. I feel like we're getting a little lost in the semantics here. Like I think there's a lot of different ways that you could make a deck that would control the board, right? Like uh, you know, Asmo is a creature and it controls the board very, very well, right? Like it, it kills creatures consistently. But if you're seeing a deck using like an artifact to discard cards to kill your things with a creature versus a deck with like Snapcaster Mage, Counterspell, and Lightning Bolt, you know, you, you're getting a pretty different result, probably, um, depending on how they want to finish out the rest of the Asmo deck, right? Like, I, I could build a prison deck with, with Chalice of the Void and Blood Moon and these kind of things, and I'm doing exactly what you just said, of like, I'm controlling the board. I'm just doing it in a proactive way as opposed to a reactive way. All that aside, I, I think what you're saying is that these aren't doing things in that sort of classic control sense that you know the the gameplay itself is what you enjoy because even if you know my chalice of the void and blood moon deck is quote-unquote controlling the game its play patterns are extremely different and that's that's more what you're talking about right right and the in the play patterns that i'm finding are you know some people are finding success with like this list with the sea or they're just not the play style that I'm looking for, right? And that that's where I think I'm I'm finding trouble with the format. And, and I agree with that, right? Like, it's very hard to come up with these definitions because you find all these cases where it's like, okay, well, this fits that definition. Would you call this a control deck? It's like, hell no, I wouldn't call that a control deck. <laughs> I feel like it's it's like, would Cryptic Command be sick in this deck? All right, that's a control deck. Like, that, <laughs> <laughs> like that's kind of where I think I would, I would honestly boil down. It's this feel, you know? It's this feel you get. And I feel like, I, I don't know, I... I want that strategy to feel playable, and I, I'm getting to the point where I'm, I'm feeling like it's getting kind of far from being playable. <laughs> I'm trying in all these different shells. I'm trying Esper. I'm trying Blue White. I'm trying Blue Moon. I'm trying all these different uh, ways of, of approaching like that that real control feel, and I'm struggling with all of them, and, and a lot of it has to do with, yeah, these what the format's about right now just doesn't line up well with that stuff. Um but uh, but yeah, we we got a little off the point there. I, my 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 point was that that list, you know, people people have been coming to me like, hey, look, controls controls pretty playable. Look what Nasif just did. And it's like, yeah, that deck's cool. And I think um, it, it's interesting that he was able to take down an, an event with that. But I'm not calling that a control deck. That that just isn't it. Just isn't a control deck to me. Um, I I don't see that as a as a sign that control decks are are doing well. And and you made a good point. You're like, well, okay, maybe you're just building them wrong, and this is how you should be building them. And sure, but that's not the deck I'm looking to build. You know, um, and and right before this, uh, I was actually I was watching Spike stream, and he brought up a good point because they were they were discussing this actual topic. They were they were talking about Deceive's list, and one thing that I think is true that he pointed out about that deck. Keep in mind, looks super strange, right? This is a this is not a, a list that we're used to seeing. It was a really good call for it was a really good call for a challenge, and I don't think it's a good deck in a league. And I think that's true. That's what that's one of the things Mike was saying there. He said it's it was definitely a good meta call for a deck and a challenge. And a challenge, you're going to see these top meta decks way more frequently. This is a deck like tailored to beat these very specific decks then you jump it into a league and you play against the wider breadth of the format and you just get like clowned you know because you have these you have these way more narrow answers that you know maybe don't line up against your average modern deck 
I, I think Spike, well, we're, well, we're stealing Spike wisdom here. Uh, I heard him say another just mind-blowing point this morning, and I, I've been thinking about it ever since he said it, which was that gameplay in modern right now is fantastic. Deck building is really hard. And I thought that that was, that was a really interesting point because I've been really enjoying the gameplay, but when I sit down to make a deck, like I feel like there's so many options and so many things to consider. And then you like try to throw something together. And because you have such a high power level of these cards that are tugging you in all these different directions, it becomes really, really hard, right? So you're, you're looking at this from a control standpoint where you need to be answering what people are doing. So you need to be able to answer that turn one threat. You also need to be able to not just get run over by Urza Saga and, 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 and you still can't have people go over the top of you with things like Murktide and your Planeswalkers are all also answered typically for one mana with those unholy heats. So it's like tugging in a lot of these different directions deck building wise, and you're not able to like land on a, on a, on a place. I think that that's not necessarily reflective of the of the gameplay. I mean, to to spoil a little foreshadowing, your friend mentioned the deck that I I top aided with this last weekend. I just like put all the best cards in one deck, and it was like, oh surprise surprise this thing does well. And you know the 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 way the deck itself looks like, frankly, just putting all the most expensive cards in this one deck is kind of stupid. But the gameplay was fantastic. Like I, I had a great time. You know, like these really intricate matches because everyone else is also doing these super super high power things. So when it feels like the thing that you're trying to do is kind of like left behind, that sucks. And that that's frankly that's kind of how I feel. You know, like taxes is my baby. I just like don't have interest in doing it right now because I don't feel like I can build it in such a way where it's covering all those different angles. Yeah, so like unbanned Uro, you know? That, that, that doesn't that doesn't fix it. <laughs> That's what you're trying to say, right? Is that they should maybe it's really maybe not use strategy back either. <laughs> I mean, it's it's tough, right? Like you and what you're saying is is definitely true. It's just like I I could be like I I want to be playing this and this and this and this card. But I simply can't. So, like in deck building itself, well, like, when you're trying, to, you know, when, when you're building a deck, you're trying to envision. At least this is how I do it. I try to envision. Okay, so let's imagine how a, 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 a an average match against X deck will go about, right? So I go and I play my reclaimer on turn one. My opponent goes and they play their monkey on turn one. Uh, then I, you know, I activate my reclaimer. My opponent bolts my reclaimer, and then the monkey attacks. And it's just like. Well, <laughs> I'm not winning this now. Uh, that sucks. Um, so that is the kind of stuff that, that, I, that I'm trying to think, and that is the kind of stuff that kind of limits you. So now you're in a situation where you're like, okay, so I play my Reclaimer on one. My opponent plays a monkey. Now I Prismatic ending my opponent's monkey. Now we can play that game, right? Like I am trading my card for my opponent's card. My opponent is probably going to, okay, I, now I'm going to ball your Reclaimer. Okay, cool. But now we're back to parity. Um, and we have, you know, I, I bought some time and I'm now we can actually, you know, move into a little bit of a, the mid or late game when I'm just like, you know, playing a Titania, boom, the, the game is now officially over because I'm going way over the top of what you were doing. So, um, <clears throat> that is the way that I, I, I'm, I'm approaching deck building right now. And I'm actually using all of the cards that I just named because, like, this is actually how I came to building that deck. Uh, but um, the, the point that I'm trying to say is, at no point during this you can say, "Well, now my cryptic command takes over," because, <laughs> like, cryptic command is just—it just feels like cryptic command was just 
way, way behind. It just was left by the wayside. And it, it's just, if you're spending four mana, that card needs to be Supreme Verdict, basically. Uh, because, though, you know, Critical Man just does not line up well against what the format asks you to, to, to line up well against, right? Like, if, if you, by the time the Cryptic Command comes down, your opponent is way ahead on cards, you're just way too low on life, and there's no way that a Cryptic Command, like, countering something that's irrelevant at this point, and, like, tapping the team, that, that, that's just not gonna get you there. So, I feel like that is uh, what, what Nassif did over here, and if you look at his list, he has like, you know, four Prismatic Endings, four Bolts, one Helix, one Path to Exile, one Engineered Explosives, and like all of this stuff to do on the way up, right? Like all of these early interactions, so uh, the threats that, that his opponent plays, he can very easily answer with those. Uh, maybe he takes a turn off to Expressive Iteration, get even further ahead, play a Wall of Omens to, you know, draw a card and that should have Blanky Monkey or, or stuff like that, and then Supreme Verdict, boom. Three copies of Verdict, just reset the whole thing, let's start over. Now I have a bunch of cards, I got, I've got, i gotten at least one or two two-for-ones along the way uh, between, between Iteration and Verdict, and now I have five cards to your two, and let's, 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 let's battle, you know? <laughs> like now, now, now I feel like I'm in a good spot, you know, that, that, that's the, that's, I feel like kind of how he, he went about building this deck. And a lot of these cards look weird, but main deck engineered explosives, Hammer Time is arguably the best deck in the format. If you're playing blue-white, uh, sorry, blue-white-red, so Jeskai, like, do you really have any other, any better card than engineered explosives to play against Hammer Time? I, I guess maybe if you have any color ever. <laughs> do you have anything better than, than Engineer Explosive to do against Hammer Type? Probably not. Like, this card is really, really good against the Hammer Type deck, right? You just play it on one, and you just go nuts with that. So, um, these, these tiny details, uh, I feel, are what really makes, and what's really needed in order to build a, a successful control deck. Like, main deck, again, like, main deck resting piece just blows my mind, but I am surprised at how well it lined up in every single match that Nassif played. There were basically no matches where, where Rest in Peace sucked. Even when it was like super, super um, mild, it was still doing something. Like the other day I played against this deck and they played against my, my Naya Lens deck and I'm like, oh crap, like my Reclaimer doesn't work anymore. So like there, there's some, it's just... You just get got in very, very small ways, like against any of the Asmodex, even, the, even against the Mono Red Asmodex, now, now you're limiting their food production severely, because now they cannot just go ham with the, with the Oval Chase Daredevil. So even decks that are very... That, that are, it, the effect is very small, you're still affecting them in, in a relevant way. And granted, like, there are going to be a couple of matches, like, against the, the Cascade Rhino deck, you're just going to cut your resting pieces and, you know, like, not even think about it. But that's, like, one deck out of ten in, in, the, in, the, top, uh, in the top ten decks in the format right now. Um, it, is, it is a lot. Like, it, it just works out well. And I feel like this visualization of, okay, which cards work, which cards don't work, and why... 
um, I feel like this is extremely, extremely important in deck building right now. And once you once you keep these things in mind and you're building your deck accordingly, paying attention to this uh, to these principles, I feel like your chances of success are gonna be a lot, lot higher. So it's not. I don't think it's just about okay, just jamming the best cards in the format straight up. It can be, as Spider <laughs> has proven, uh, but. I don't think it's just about that. I feel like there are ways around it, and there are other ways that you can actually that you can actually have success. And, um, and yeah, I, it, it, it's the concept of metagaming, right? It's the concept of metagaming. When I was a kid, I remember I think it was Svi Moshevich, and like this is when I was just starting to play. But he uh, he brewed together a deck called the Solution, and like it was just garbage. But he won a Pro Tour. Because he basically completely nailed the metagame. And it was just like a bunch of pro-red creatures in a metagame where red was far and away the best color. So, like, he just played a couple of, like, random meddling mages and and, and, and pro-red creatures and he just took down a pro tour. So, I feel like we are in a spot right now where the metagame is actually predictable. Like, we know what the best cards in the format are. And with those cards in mind, you can now build your deck in order to beat these cards. So personally, I think that that is that's great. Like I, I, I feel like I am a lot more excited about playing modern and particularly brewing in modern when when this is the case because you know I can put stuff together like the Naya Lance deck. I feel like the Naya Lance deck uh, is everything that Amulet is not. Right, like amulet is just like trying to do something, and then your opponent just prismatic endings your amulet on turn one, and you're just like, oh, well, I needed that to win this game because of how my hand lined up. So, well, that sucks. <laughs> um, and I feel like denial index is completely the opposite of that. It's just like, oh, you kill my reclaimer, whatever. He's a random six. You know, like um, it's 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 a significantly different approach. And it, it, I don't think it's a surprise that I'm having success with one strategy and not having success with the other one. I think that's probably a lot of what I'm also enjoying, just like you, Fran. Like I'm I'm really enjoying that deck building aspect where, you know, we have all these new cards. There's so many options, so many things to think about, but it's not easy. You don't get to just like put whatever and 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 just go. You really need to have those numbers of proportions. Every little bit needs so much thought. And so it's it's cool because, you know, there's a lot of options, but you have to get it right. So I, I think I'm enjoying that that from a brewer's perspective. And then it, once your thing comes to fruition, where you've like, all right, you know, I made it an at least playable deck, then you get to like the, the gameplay itself is also really cool. Yeah. W- one thing to point out is that it does feel like it's a little bit mid-rangey. Right? I feel like, like the format is very, very dominated by mid-range decks. Um so it does feel like you are very often in a situation where you are just trading resources, trading resources, trading resources, and then, you know, um, last man standing kind of deal. And, you know, the last man standing is a monkey, and then that monkey is just going to bury you from there. You know, that, that, that has felt like the kind of deal that, um, that, that modern has been. But personally, I, I enjoy that kind of gameplay. And not only that, but then, you know, stuff starts to... Um, like deck building starts to matter at that point. Like, are you supposed to because 
of how the format is, are you supposed to, you know, like be jamming like three, four croxes? Because croxa is just like a great, a great way to to go about this. Uh, okay, look, people are jamming three, four croxes. Should I be playing more Dolphy Void Walkers? So now again, we go back to uh, to the deck building aspect where you can gain an edge by um, by thinking about this and you know making the decision in in the deck building process and we're seeing this with you know like the red black um, mid-range deck with lures that spike uh, talked about a couple of weeks ago uh, which has been doing really really well and then people are one up in that and they're like okay sweet like this deck is obviously busted but how do we win the mirror and uh, I was watching Spike uh, playing in the challenge this past weekend, and he played against uh, a mirror, but where his opponent was playing Kaya's Guile. And he never stood a chance. <laughs> like, that card is just a sick mirror breaker. Like, it just gets rid of the Croxa, gets rid of the Glurus engine, uh, kills any creature. Uh, the 1-1 one, one after you, uh, if, if your DRC is attacking and you make a 1-1 one, one and you exile their graveyard, well, like the 1-1 one, one just trades with the DRC. So it just feels like there is a lot of room for this. There's a lot of room for like, okay, this is where we're at. This is what people are doing. How can we one-up that? So it feels like it, it, it's a great time for, for like sitting down and thinking and trying to, to, to metagame and try, try, to, try to be one step ahead of the competition. Sure, yeah. How do you feel, Evan? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 I see Evan and he's just like nodding silently. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. I, I, I think it's true. Um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think you're right. I think, I think there are metagame decisions to be made and... And uh, we don't have to harp on, on where I stand with the, the format. I I know that it's just the things I enjoy doing just aren't lining up all that well right now. And that just is what it is. Yeah, it, it, you can't just jam Counterspell and Archmage's Charm and hope it works. Mm. Which I feel is what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, now that we talked about this and we discussed like the current state of the format, now we can kind of go a little bit into the, the next topic that we had for today. Which is, is it maybe time for, are we at a power level that it's busted enough that we can look at that banned and restricted list and we can start to actually get stuff off of it? How do we feel about this? I am extremely skeptical. There are maybe two or three cards on here, maybe, that might be okay in my opinion. Um, I agree that the format has been, you know, we've seen a huge power boost. The issue with my taking off cards from here to try to like, you know, cause the formats are already at that level. You're just going to have decks doing all of it is what's going to happen. Right? Like Evan was talking about legacy. He's like, oh man, you got these really good answers there. It's like, well, the reason blue red Delver is the best deck and make no mistake, it is the best deck in legacy is because it's also playing all of those best answers so if you just like add another thing blue red delver oh yeah yeah it it, it is what's interesting it totally is the best deck right and and i but at the same time i will say i've been playing a lot of legacy right like a lot lately i've been playing a good amount of leagues i have run into the deck once which is very very weird (laughs) i've played in the probably the last 10 leagues i have seen the deck once I've been playing it a lot, but no one's playing it in leagues. I don't know. I think 
I don't know why. Whereas, like, and you can't even say it's, like, a cost thing, right? Because, like, they're doing it in Modern. Like, everyone's playing them in Modern. So why are people not playing it in Legacy? Like, I'm hitting Reanimator all over the place. Or I'm hitting, I'm hitting, like, all, like, all kinds of, I'm hitting all kinds of decks. Uh, all kinds of storm strategies and whatever. A lot of combo stuff. But I'm, like, the only person playing <laughs> the monkey deck is what it feels like. And it, and I'm dominating with it. Like, literally, I think my, my first four leagues with it, I went, like, 19 and 1. Like, the de- <laughs> like the deck's insane. But, but it's not dominating the format. Like, it's, I'm barely, I don't know if I've hit some weird streak of, you know, streak lock or something. But I agree that it's the best, but but it's not what people are playing. Well, that's beside the point. The point being that you're just like putting all of the best of both worlds in the deck. So you like take cards off the ban list and it's like, ooh, like this is a cool card. Maybe it props up some like less tiered strategy, but it's also going to go in some of those best decks. Well, hold on. So I think that is maybe, uh, maybe true. Can I rattle off the couple of cards that I think could be unbanned and how I don't think any of them go into those strategies? I mean, it depends on the card, right? But, but you can try. <laughs> so, so what I would say are cards that are potentially things that, and I'm not saying they all necessarily should be, but these are things that I think, I could be crazy, could come off, okay? Splinter Twin, Birthing Pod, Green Sun Zenith, Uro, which I know that one's weird because it just got banned, but it got banned alongside three other cards that were all in the same strategy, and now I think the power level of the format, that card could be reasonable. Uh, Death Ray Shaman. <laughs> oh my god. What? <laughs> so, alright. Of all of the things on the ban list, Death Ray may be, may be a little loose. Those other ones? <laughs> I, I don't even think Death Ray's that loose. <laughs> like, I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> alright, you know what? All right, I'm gonna, Look, I'm the format's crazy it. right now, dude. The format's crazy. Look at Monkey. Look at everything Monkey does. You are making it more crazy. Like, you're telling me you're not, like, eh. I just, okay, I just played a, again, uh, you're calling it, like, the mono-red Asmo, all-the-best-card deck, right? Mm-hmm. I'm also playing black. You put Deathrite Shaman off the ban list, you know what is going directly into that deck? Like, I'm not even making a decision. It's just, like, fit it in there. I don't care what's getting cut. It is the best card in the deck. Maybe. No, it's good at fighting not a lot maybe. Of strategies it's too. the best card in the deck. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that one maybe, I was a little maybe. iffy on. The other ones yeah. I think are good. <laughs> but Birthing Pod, Green Sun, Twin, and Uro, I think all good. All right, Let, let's let's talk about this individually a little bit because I feel like these are all over the place, and we're gonna be covering like the way that you fight or the way that they slot into the format are drastically different. So you you go first, like choose choose one, choose the first one to refute. <laughs> I mean, do, do I have to say more about Death Rite, or can, can we just, like, take that we off? We can just, we, like, you, you can remove yeah, Death Rite, no, that's fine. Death Rite is off, okay, yeah. Thank we, you. We don't, I don't, I don't, like, I, yeah, don't, I don't think we need to There's that. no argument there. That one is just busted in half. Read Ragavan, I think that card's not as busted on a one-drop as, as one-drops are right now. If you read DRC and you read Ragavan, yeah, that card's really good, but you know what, so are these cards. I think they're just as good, so, but, but that's I think fine. that the problem is, the problem is, like, you're just, like, there are gonna be DRC monkey uh, definitely, definitely. I, I'm just saying that if you look at the power level of the one drops that are in the format right now, that's on par. 
Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is like it uh, it would add even more to that power level. So I I don't know if you want to do that. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I'm just like saying if you just look problem. at look at the one drops that are legal, it's just it's we it's more looking at the ban list, looking at the power level of the cards that are on the ban list, and being like, this is not these are not cards that are ridiculous in today's modern. I mean, that's not untrue of like you know like monkey and drc are some of the best creatures ever printed i i i I think that that's just true but i don't know that like putting some of the other best creatures that were ever printed also into the format necessarily like helps the problem like if the pro if these cards are problems then ban them if we're that was kind of my point if they are good and this is an acceptable level well then give other strategies equally powerful threats like but if if it's a problem then get rid of them i think we're at the point where we're like trying to figure out if it is a problem right like there we're, we're trying to decide like all right is this what modern is about or are we going to scrap these things and adding more things with it i don't, I don't to, to me there's this there's this joke in the simpsons right okay uh where, where mr burns goes to the doctor and they're like oh god like can't believe you're not dead. And it turns out that the, the, the disease that they refer to him as having is the quote unquote, the doorway disease. And the way they describe it is he has like every disease possible known to man. And he's not being killed by any of them because they're fighting each other and they can't get through the doorway. So they're all getting stuck. Like to me, that's the kind of solution you're presenting. here. You're like, Oh, you got one issue. What if I threw four more on? <laughs> I feel like Death Shaman is, is it's way too much. Like I feel like Shaman would be way too much because and this is and this is the issue. Like right now the best decks in the format are these mid-range like monkey whatever piles and this would slot right in. Like <laughs> this is just like the easiest shoe in to add to the deck. So you would be making what is already the best deck into the undoubtedly the best deck. So I feel like Death Shaman just wouldn't really really work um the other ones are a lot more interesting because the other ones just don't work with the monkey as well or they don't work with the monkey whatsoever so i feel like the other ones that you mentioned uh, are definitely worth uh, worth discussing uh, like for example twin everybody's always hashtag unbound twin is, is, is it is it time for for the four mana sorcery speed, uh, you know, combo piece that, you know, also requires you to have another combo piece that now can be answered through, you know, even more ways because, you know, Fatal Push was not legal when Twin was legal. Um, all of, you know, all of these cards that have been printed since then and Holy Heat, all of these cards that have been printed since then, is it time for Twin to be unbanned? How do we feel about this one? I think so. <laughs> it's, it's the Dude. same. Ugh. I think so. All right, shoot us. Tell us it's why. It's the same problem. Like you're like, oh, unholy heat kills my twin. It also goes in my twin deck. Like, oh, counterspell counters my twin. It also goes in my twin deck. Like, I. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> Um, I, I feel like it, this this one's gonna be. I, I actually do think that the twin one is is worth at least uh, discussing 
because I feel like building a twin deck would be kind of a nightmare. Like, the amount of busted blue-red cards that have been printed are um, kind of outrageous, and it feels like all of those cards are better than the twin combo. Like, that's the way that I look at them. Like, why would you want to play, like, twin in the Sivarex arc in your deck when you can just play Murktide and just kill your opponent? Like, Murktide is a one-card combo. <laughs> it, just, it just kills them, straight up. Blue-red is, like, one of the other decks that is arguably the best deck, and it's that's a fair point that it's, like, maybe not just a strict upgrade do it because, like, you have to take something out. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what you're supposed to be taking out. I mean, maybe they wouldn't, like, would Twin play DRC? Like, maybe they don't play DRC. And then they, like, get to go sort of on that, like, you know, they're a little bit less low to the ground. And they have, like, that little bit better sort of mid to late game. Not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like you could play a DRC monkey Merktide deck where every single one of your cards is busted, right? Like, every mm -hmm. single one of your cards is an A or an A+. An a plus. So, you can do that. Or you can play another blue-red deck where you're playing Deceiver Exars and Pestermites and you're playing Splinter Twins that do literally nothing. And then, like, the rest of the shell kind of is going to be the same. But why would you want to go with the second option? Like, it just feels like the first option is is going to be so much better because you have no no whiff rate. Like, you're never going to be having an opener that's, like, you know, like, three lands, a Deceiver Exarch, another Deceiver Exarch, and, like, a Bolt. Those hands are garbage. Now, you replace those two Deceiver Exarchs with a DRC and a Monkey, that, that hand is busted. Yeah, if you replace them with two Merktides, it isn't, though, right? Like, there's still, like, some degree of that. Yeah, but... but fair, fair enough, fair enough. But um, what I'm trying to say is, like, you have a path and like Merktide is gonna be good eventually by itself without really requiring you to like it just requires you to interact with your opponent it just requires you to do what your deck wants to do anyway while uh, twin requires you to draw exactly the splinter twin otherwise you I mean you have a 1-4 cool <laughs> um, so twin is weird right now like I, I at any point like and even even Evan and I at one point, we did a video where, and this was like a year ago, maybe, uh, we did a series where we, we call them the Unbanned Series, where we uh, built decks, Evan played Twin and I played, um, I played Pod, we built decks using those cards, and then we tried those decks against the metagame. And Twin, a year ago, when we, when we did this, actually felt super obnoxious. Like, it felt like it was really, really tough to, to keep up with what they were doing because, like, they were, com you know, always with this, like, weird pattern where, you know, like, oh, I, I may just die if my opponent taps with, you know, if they end, 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 of, end of turn and Might and they untap on Twin, like, I may just die out of nowhere. But I feel like the decks right now simply can't do that. Like, I, I don't even know if you're going to make it to turn four. Um with that amount of stuff in play like the the the, the ragaman decks are just like okay discard this discard this discard this or like or play monkey counter this counter this counter this and like, it, they just ask the questions so so quickly and i i don't know if the twin deck would even be able to answer that and then they're you know 
sure like if you get paired against uh, some some other decks like i imagine that amulet would really struggle against twin for example like that would be just a nightmare matchup because it's always been so there are certain decks that are going to really be uh, very very poorly positioned but even still like we have force of vigor now right like force of vigor is just it feels like it's just such a big deal because like you can they can tap you out and you can still stop their combo like sure it's it's a two for one like it's not great but like you get to continue playing the game and they tapped out themselves so you know if my opponent just taps my land i'm playing amulet and i they tap their land and they you know they go for the twin and i force their twin and i untap and slam a primeval titan maybe i'm in a fine spot at that point so i feel like a lot of things have changed since the days of twin and uh Again, like this was about a year ago, maybe more at this point. I don't remember when, when did we do this, Evan. I, I kind of forgot, but it was it was a maybe half a year ago. I don't know. It was definitely more than more that. than that. I guess we we have it on YouTube somewhere, don't we? Don't we have like yeah? So we'd be able to check. Yeah, it's 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 been a while, but um, but yeah, it, it's been, it's been a long time, and at that point, it kind of felt like you know the the format would would be worse with Twin mm-hmm. today. With modern SS, I am not sure. Like, I think that Twin could actually come out, and maybe it's time. I mean, it worked for Stoneforge, right? There's this, there's this like pressure with Twin of like the never tapping out thing and all that kind of business, right? But and maybe that's still an unhealthy thing for the format. But then also maybe that's something the format could use right now. Who knows? You know, it, there, there's a lot of. A lot of the very successful strategies are just slamming insane things and burying your opponent. And now, if there was something to punish that, be like, no, you can't just slam these insane things because if you go and slam your insane thing, then I'm going to end step deceiver and kill you. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something that would be good. I'm not saying it necessarily is. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe that's something that would be good for the format. It is kind of interesting. Like, you can't. So you go turn one monkey and twin. You could play a turn two deceiver, but you can't turn three. You can't twin. Right. Well, oh, you can't, right, because you have to go through combat first to get the traitor token. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But what you can do is you now just have extra mana when you actually want to cast the the thing. So, like, now on turn three, if the monkey's connected twice, I can go deceiver (laughs) and have counterspell up, which is gross. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that also would help you with your like expressive iteration when you're making extra mana off monkey that just like oh i'm gonna go ahead and like put a twin in my hand and then i'm gonna play this deceiver off the other part of the thing like you know it it's not as if the card the the deck hasn't gotten upgrades it's really hard to say if it's better than like just straight up blue red murktide like fran you mentioned it's a nightmare matchup for for amulet isn't Blue Red Murktide also an, a nightmare matchup for Amulet. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it has Blood Moon, right? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> has Blood Moon equals nightmare matchup for Amulet. <laughs> no, but for sure. But like we are running to the same issue, right? Like you need to choose. Like you're just naming all of these busted cards, but you only have space for sixty. And you need to put your lands in there. You're gonna have to make some cuts. Like some of the cards that you want to play in your twin deck, you're not gonna be able to play. Like, do you want Blade Iteration? Cool. Maybe you cannot play Counterspell. Maybe you need to be, like, super aggro twin 
and just like you know rush with the monkey and maybe but maybe you can't protect the combo and maybe you can't do you know or maybe you want to play more control and now you know you're you, you're playing snapcasters maybe but then like do you really have room to play the monkey as well like all of this stuff you need to balance and this is this is why i think that honestly there are so many busted cards right now that I think that Twin could be okay simply because you cannot jam all of them in your deck. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I feel like that is the explanation. It's just like, there are just so many busted cards that you just cannot play them all. Like, as simple as that. Yorion Twin, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that is for sure very interesting. Another one that you mentioned, Evan. Pod. Mm -hmm. Pod is... Is a doozy. Like, what's Pod gonna do now? You know, what's Pod gonna do now? I don't know. Like, like Heliod even fell off. You know, and that's like that was like the closest thing to like the Pod combo decks we've had in a, in a while. You know, I, I would say that's from what from what Pod used to look like. That was that was like the the most modern take the green white creature based combo deck. And that's that's completely fallen off. What what's Pod gonna do in this format? I don't know. So first of all, Heliod. Also, top eight at a challenge on Saturday. It did, but you you know it it has fallen off. It it is not it is not the seat that it once was. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think it's still a powerful deck, but um, maybe that's a different discussion. I guess there is a lot of artifact hate in the format right now because Ton of versus Saga, and it it like that is the the price of entry in modern right now. You don't you don't get to play decks without artifact hate. You just you absolutely need it, and so that does help somewhat. Um, there have been creatures printed since then where pretty sure you can just chain any creature and twin or and 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 pod into winning the game um into basically i mean you you kiki combo them usually right um so i mean it it, it just becomes that threat the whole game and we like you're, you're saying oh what does heliod do like i i also think that like yogmoth is a very good deck right now maybe it's not as good as blue red murktide but it's still quite good uh, maybe that's the boost it needs it does also like push those other decks like why would i ever play heliod or yongmoth if there was twin right or i'm um, not twin sorry uh pod i'm just thinking twin because you're still xr you're, you're still just doing the same thing because it's kiki <laughs> yeah i mean the the issue is that remember when pod was banned how the car that pod that kind of like pushed pod over the line was siege rhino <laughs> Kiki Pod was a deck forever, and it was always like a cute thing that you could do that just wasn't very good because like those kind of decks just take like a million damage from their lands and they just lose. Um, and I say that as a Kiki Pod player myself, the deck was not very good. Like you, you would always think that you know you you needed not a lot of pieces in order to like pod chain, uh, but you needed a lot of life or you needed a lot of time. And those car those things weren't very often going hand in hand. So usually the the cards that worked well with Pod were all of the value cards. Like that's why Absent Pod was always the, the 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 better choice. And we had you know like your Kitchen Things and you know Kitchen Things into Siege Rhino, Kitchen Things into Resto, Reset My Kitchen Things. Like those those kind of like value plays. Uh, those are the ones that really could um, that really uh, made Pod powerful. I think. Uh, so I, I do. I it is true that had there have been some creatures and you know like like just immediately combo kill you, but you have so many answers to that. Like it's still Kiki combo, right? So like 
Bolt kills it. Literally every removal spell in the format kills the Kiki or kills the creature that you're that you're copying with the Kiki. So I don't think that would be too much of a too much of an issue, particularly because like at best you can do so on turn three if you are extremely lucky, like the nut draw. That's lower than amulet combo kills you if you have the nut draw, right? So <laughs> the, I think I, I think the biggest issue with pot is the same issue as that Stoneforge had, right? Where it's where it's like every equipment makes Stoneforge better. This is every creature printed potentially makes birthing pod more dangerous so it's just like safer to have that card banned just because it's just so easy for things to take it to to levels that it just shouldn't be or whatever but they 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 brought stoneforge back in the format and even printed more equipment that are <laughs> that like work really well with it like cauldra and whatever you know um but i i mean i think that's the i think that's the knock against birthing pod is that it's forever like just a danger piece because it's it gets better as creatures get better, but even so, I, I don't know. It, I mean, to the point of, like, you know, you can interact with it, they can still play that value game. Like, if, if, I, if I'm if i the, the pod player and I think you have removal, I don't have to go for, for Kiki. I can just keep slogging through the removal game, and the moment you tap out, it's like, oh, okay, you're dead, right? Like, you can, I, I think you said, did you say turn four? Because you, you can do it on turn three, right? You, you just he said three. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, like, there have been better upgrades to that as well. Like you mentioned, painful lands, you probably get to throw in at least a triome. You've also, I don't know if you would play Renin Six in that deck. Maybe you could. You've got uh, Ignoble Hierarch is a nice addition, I'm sure. Um, and that's the, those are just like the mana fixing options. Like that's not even you know there are better value creatures. Yeah, Pod. Like the, the more that we talk about it, Pod seems like it could. It could get out of hand very easily, and I feel like that is the big, the big hit, right? It feels like it could be okay right now, and then we're banning Pod again six months after they print something busted in like the next standard set or whatever, you know. So maybe maybe Pod is better is better left alone, I guess. I think that there there are other another interesting options though. You said Green Sun Zenith, Evan. I. Don't know how I feel about that one, and like what everybody says, I I, I think it's true. Like if you want to ban Zenith, you need to ban Dryad Arbor. Sure. Which I guess could be a thing, but at the same time, why? I don't know. <laughs> the, these like fair cards that are on the ban list just seem like mopey and slow compared to what a lot of the format is right now. So that's that. That's where I kind of get with a, with a lot of these cards that I see are, are banned. That they just don't make so much sense to me when I when I see the power level. of at least from my perspective what it what it feels like the power level of the format is and what's what's becoming an acceptable power level just doesn't feel like it uh lines up with cards that are banned i mean i'm surprised you named those but not cards like jitte or punishing fire which are in essence punishing fire is miserable these those are cards that aren't necessarily yeah they, they are fair but i think that the problems with those cards are different i think those cards have really really bad play patterns it's not so much that they're really. It's that they're they're they make for miserable gameplay, repetitive bad gameplay. Have you tried playing a creature deck against an Asmo? Because <laughs> it's it's like the same thing. <laughs> saying that it's right, yeah, no, of course. Spider, I'm here saying that I hate the format right now. <laughs> like, 
I agree. It's terrible gameplay, and and that's my point. You were saying how much you're enjoying the gameplay. I think it's terrible. I think the gameplay in Modern right now is Punishing Fire terrible. It's just repetitive, way over the top stuff that's slanted really heavily in red, and it just isn't fun. Like <laughs> I'm making that argument. <laughs> your the, your argument for the unbans is that we're already doing it. So I'm asking if we're already doing that with Asmo, then why not also here here's your punishing fire too. Here's your your jitte too. Like, so my argument of these other cards, we're already doing this high power level stuff. We can do this other stuff that's high power level. Not we're already doing this very bad gameplay, so we can unban these other bad gameplay cards. And Punishing Fire is bad gameplay. <laughs> like, high power level is one thing, bad gameplay is another. While Asmo happens to be high power level, and I also think dog, terrible gameplay, <laughs> that's not my, that's not my, that's a different argument. Punishing Fire just makes for terrible games. Isn't, like, the threat of your pod or your twin just killing you at any time also bad gameplay? Well, it's not at any time. It is. For pod. It is. It's any creature. You can chain any creature into a kill. But it's. Hmm. And if you tap out that. against twin, you're dead. You could be dead mm-hmm. at any time. Like, isn't that bad gameplay? I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're like I don't think it is. Fire my I think all I day, think. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think. I think those still make for interesting back and forths, whereas repetitive over and over same thing over and over stuff is not but it's not a back and forth it's i tapped out and i'm dead that's not a back and forth that's a back and dead (laughs) that's kind of my point is that that so much of the formats just tap out crazy high power level that's why i think twin would be reasonable because it says don't tap out keep up your unholy heat or whatever keep up your make sure you have if you're gonna play asmo make sure you have activations ready to go right then which as long as you do then twin doesn't kill you can't even counter that that there is a lot of counterplay to these things and then making the format a little less i'm just going to slam these insane threats over and over and over and over and over like and not care what you're doing because these threats are so good and whatever you know i think that's twin gets lets you be like oh well no you have to care what i'm doing that that's actually fair that's actually fair like the 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 threat of having something like that means that you can just slam willy-nilly and what are you gonna do about it? It's like, well, well, what I can do about it is just like straight up kill you. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's what needs to happen. Like, I, I can't say for sure that that would be good gameplay, but it just, I don't know. It, it seems like something that could spice up the format a bit with a different dimension rather than what these other piles are. The other card you mentioned in Uro is just more of that dimension, right? Like, that's just your version of I'm the king of mid-range tap-out right. stuff. It's, it's the same and, thing. And, that's the, and that was the other side. So this this is, okay, if we are, if this is the direction, then Uro gives the other colors, the other decks, the ability to then also work on this axis, right? That, that was the idea with that card being unbanned, is that if we are doing this, well, you know, a lot of these... Uh, a lot of these strategies are very based in red. This throws it in some other colors, so now we have some other... You know, you unholy heat this, well, at least maybe I can recast it. Or you're, you're hitting me with all these very, really aggressive small creatures. Well, it gets me a little bit of life back. I'm drawing a card. It, you know, it makes up a little bit for getting hit by the monkey once or twice. And I'm not saying it's perfect, but I'm saying it just makes it so some more decks have access to these. 
it's also a miserable repetitive gameplay but sure uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but again that's what that's what's happening in modern in my opinion right now so it's like either do it and give more decks the ability to keep up with this stuff and do this thing too or throw some other dynamic cards in there like twin or whatever i don't know man i'm just i'm grasping at hairs i like i said i i've been having a lot of fun in legacy <laughs> that's what, that, that's what i've been preaching I, i've been having a lot of fun in legacy at least you found a way i guess yep. that was my solution to modern <laughs> yeah that's that's fair yeah funny because you you found your solution to modern and then spider found another solution to modern <laughs> and now we can talk a little bit about how, how do you like that segue huh that's great that was, that was, that was, that was nice smooth. All right, Spider, talk to us. Oh, yeah, so I, I made a deck, and then I got fifth in a challenge with it after playing one league, <laughs> um, which is always a great feeling of like, hey, here's this new thing. Kick ass with it. Um, and by the way, the two, I think the first league I played with it, I went 3-2, and then the next league I played with it, which was during the challenge, I did awfully. I was like an 0-3 drop while I top eight of the challenge. Um, nice. so it was kind of like, oh, I'll, t- I'll take my losses here. Thank you. I'll cash those in right now and, uh, just cruise forward. Um, so basically the deck idea was something I'd been thinking about for quite a while, which was just, people talk a lot about like the, the best cards in modern is being like, oh, it's Saga or it's monkeys or it's DRC. So it's like, sometimes you have DRC slash monkey not every deck plays both, but whatever. Um, and I'm like, can I, can I just do both? Like, <laughs> what do I just do both? Like the best thing to do with Saga, you know, the best way to make the most artifacts, I think, is definitely cook, right? Like you have artifact centric decks like Hammer, but Saga with, with, with cookbook is just like, okay, I'm just going to add a power every single turn with one of these, right? You just discard Daredevil, get it back, make game objects. Love my game objects. Um, and DRC can surveil your uh, your daredevil to the yard. So you're like, oh, play a cookbook, surveil the daredevil, get the thing back, discard the daredevil, have a great time. Well, you, you can. You, they even stack nicely, yeah. right? Yeah. So with, with with the cookbook on the stack, you bin the daredevil, and then the cookbook enters play, and you get it back. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Um, or like you know, monkey makes an extra artifact for your your saga. Um, if you happen to have like been the daredevil and you didn't have the, your your cookbook, monkey trigger will get it back. Like it's it's just all these weird little synergies, and it's like, wait a minute, like why are these things working together? Because it feels <laughs> it's, like they. It's shouldn't. super weird. It's super weird that like all of the top, maybe the exception of Murktide, right? That's like the one outlier card from Modern Horizons that seems to not just like synergize super well together they all just kind of like they're all individually good as well but then they happen to all like at least one way or another work on some axis together you know for what it's worth uh murktide you know surveil with drc murktide it does it does i just mean it didn't make it into you know that one that one might be a stretch with the saga but if all of the other ones have some synergy connection either with artifacts or graveyard they all in Murktide does yeah you're right Murktide does fit into that category of graveyard as well but it you know. it didn't make the cut for it now yeah. <laughs> but it was all it's all graveyard or artifacts one way or another they 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 all have something to do with that and these are like really all of the all stars from Modern Horizons too like what's a what's like 
a top card out of this format that doesn't fit one of those categories. Even if you look at cards like Endurance, right? That card's seeing a lot of play. I know it's not itself caring about the graveyard, but it's dealing with the graveyard. It's all graveyard or artifact. All the affinity cards obviously have to do with artifacts. These are like the two the two points that this set was hitting on. Maybe like Solitude maybe fits that, but I don't know. Anyway, it's like okay, <laughs> right, right. Point, point being, I'd been thinking about this. It had been like you know in the back of my mind somewhere, now, and I kept being like, "Nah, that's not gonna come together." Like that, that's that's a pipe dream. That's stupid. And then I think it was it was Gr Donkin on Twitter like posted his his take of it. And he was like, "Why isn't anybody doing this?" And I was like, "You're right. Why wasn't I doing this?" So I did it. <laughs> and uh, and the rest was history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I I. The, the gameplay between that and some of the other top decks was was really, really good. There are some games, I like I played against Blue Red Murktide like three times. I lost one of the times in the finals. I beat it the other times. Um, one of them was the, the, the same player. I think it was Freed Mania, um, who I beat in the Swiss and then lost to in the finals. Uh, I believe they were both best of three that like... If you haven't, if you weren't there, I highly encourage you to go check out that VOD on, on Twitch because those games are nuts. They are, there's so much interplay. Um, a little, little spoiler here. The nastiest thing I did was discarding a big game hunter to a bone shards to kill two Merktides. <laughs> and the nastiest thing Free did was put a chalice on zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was this. Uh, he 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 posted that on Twitter with my like just yeah. the joy draining from my face. Uh, it was it was a funny thing actually because I was like, oh, he has counterspell, and I had a asthma in my hand. I need to kill a Merktide, and then I like draw yeah, a second as I drew the second asthma, yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, he has counterspell. Oh, wait a turn, and then he just draws chalice on zero, slam that. I'm like, so, oh, I lost. I- I asked him after that. I was like, "Did you have the counter spell?" And he said he d- he does think he did. Yeah. He he he, he was trying to remember. He's pretty sure he did have the counter spell yeah. there. So I think even if you went for the asmo, you were you were done yeah. either way. No, I, I made the correct play. It just yeah, yeah. it just hurt my soul. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean the the deck it it's it's really crazy how well it plays through hate. Like I've had people bring in Blood Moon against me when I'm on an almost mono red deck. To deal with Saga. And like I had I had a uh I think it was a, a Grixis deck bring in Blood Moon. And then they couldn't bring back their Lur or or not Lurus. They couldn't they couldn't do something because they Blood Mooned me. And I was like, oh great, like I'll just play all my great red cards and not care. Or like, you know, not that the card does nothing, but likewise, you know, people will put like like ah, stony silence. And you're like, okay, like Here's DRC, here's Ragavan. Like the saga still makes the thing. It's just it, it's crazy how resilient the deck feels because the reason I'm playing all these best cards, obviously they're the best cards, but also everyone's also playing hate for all of those best cards and it still it just didn't matter. It was like, oh, okay, who cares? Like nice nice hate bye. The the only the only piece of hate that I felt like consistently was an issue is the uh Sanctifier in back. Because you know hmm. it it has pro red and black, and it also eats my yard, so it kind of hits you know this sort of like triple access kind of thing um and the reason the biggest reason it's an issue is because the way you deal with that card typically you have stuff like pyrite spell bomb you can get off saga, you've got k return all stuff like that uh <laughs> they're playing that in hammer, 
So they're just like, it's a 12-12. And you're like, I can deal two damage. I was going to say, I, I was going to say, like, it, it is a good card to, like, hold you off for a bit. But what what decks are doing it, how are they closing the game once they have it? You know, because you are a deck that I think over time can still overcome that. Yeah, it has pro red black, but you can get around it or whatever with big constructs or whatever, you know. So it's they're killing you then by slapping a hammer on it. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> right. right. Like I had uh, one of my league games, my hammer opponent game two went turn one, um, Cigar to Zade. Turn two, Envec. Turn three, Hammer, Hammer, Envec. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay! I'm dead! Well, I'm dead! <laughs> and it's it's really it's really hard trying to find like that good answer to that, because it's like, I'm trying to hate out the hate card sort of situation. Um, but you're, you're right. Like, I, I played against um, somebody, I think it was Miguel Castor in the challenge, who was on, like, you know, my baby of a deck. Like, you, it was Yorian Taxes. And, the, and the, those those games really didn't feel particularly competitive. Like they they went like the the second the first game it was like they played a charming prince that was the only actual non land card they played and I just killed them. It was like I think I had like monkey into DRC bolt the thing into saga Spyro and they were like bye. Um, and then the the next game they like played turn two rip and then played an Oriac champion. And it, the game wasn't close. Like I won. It was. It was not like so. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, it's. It's mostly just a pumped up invec because normally at that X two you still. You still got your answers. Best anime betrayals, right? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I felt bad doing it. I was like, I'm the villain here. I'm the villain. Oh, yeah. I hope they win. <laughs> I hope you, you were enjoying being the villain. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like playing the villain from time to time. As I always say, uh, when I can't tax, I'm going to do the most degenerate thing there's available. And to me, this was it. <laughs> um, how do you feel about the deck um, going forward? Like, is there anything that you would like to change? Is there anything that you think could be improved? Yeah, I do. Um, so I had two Croxes in the deck for the challenge. Uh, the idea being that they would help against decks like Murktide or like the Black Red Luris or or uh, Grixis Luris decks, um, and while they help game one, all of those decks bring in more graveyard hate post board, so it ends up actually not really helping when it really should be for those matchups. Um, I also felt like I was a land short, so I'm, I'm going for it. I'm going to take those out, add a land, and then. I'm not sure what that last card is. I was trying like K-Command. I was trying that last Spyro. Um, I also think the sideboard needs a lot of work. Just it, it's, it, it can be really hard with that deck. When I go to sideboard, it's like, well, everything's good. What do I take out? <laughs> so it's a little a little tough sideboarding with it. I, I need to figure that out. I, I was uh, talking to Doomwake, who's been really loving it, um, who was trying like a white splash for like sideboard prismatic ending and then your opponent's like here's my invec and you're like exile get out of here <laughs> um so that certainly is an idea I'm, I'm not sure there i was thinking about like a blue splash with like um expressive iteration over spyro and then you get to play like an aether spell on in the main which is pretty good um there's a lot of different like slight directions you can try but i i, I think what i top aided with is very close yeah so it's kind of like just adding the the, the extra edge to kind of 
out edge your opponent's edge. Kind exactly. Of <laughs> like if I play this in the mana traders tournament, I'm going to have to figure out how to beat the mirror. And and let me tell you, I will. I will figure that out. <laughs> this discussion is kind of just a heart back on a point we made a long a while ago. This is this is kind of what I meant by that um, Nasifless being a good uh, a good challenge list, but maybe not a good league list, right? The, I think these meta games apply way way more heavily when it comes to bigger events, challenges, mana traders, stuff like that. Um, and that's always something to keep in mind. Then it does when you're like running it through a league, you know. These, these meta calls are way more effective. It, it also applies to, you know, big paper tournaments when that was a world we lived in. Um, I think that was uh, that was also a, a, an area where these kind of uh, deep metagame decisions would pay off heavily. You could take on a whole tournament if you make the right the right call, whereas it, these these same things don't always apply in, in smaller smaller events. Leagues yeah, a league, you could, you could run into anything at a league. I, I mean, FNMs are even harder for me to evaluate because everybody's local area is different. I, I don't know. I'm always watching some stream and somebody's like, oh my God, this card is cracked. I'm like, you know, 20 and three at my FNM or my local, you know, my LGS. And it's like, I, I'm like, that's great. But also I don't care. Like it just, it, it means nothing to me. Like it. <laughs> yeah. So do, do you think uh, you were saying like there, there are some splashes to, to try out and kind of like try to, Try, try to fix those those issues but but you think you're you're gonna be continue working on this you're gonna be trying this out for the manager event this weekend yeah I, I think I will play it um in that I, I I think this deck has the potential to be one of if not the best deck in the format like and to, to the surprise of no one the deck with all the busted cards is good right <laughs> I guess that we, we could have seen that one coming probably uh, so besides that the rest of the format has has felt like again like what we t we're talking about like it feels like it's been pretty much established but can somebody explain to me why the crashing footfalls decks just keeps well crashing haha <laughs> uh i feel like it just tops it top eights every single event or like i think it won it this past weekend and it won another event this the previous weekend and i just don't understand how why has anybody been playing against this deck and be like, okay, that that's why it's busted or whatever? Because like, I have no idea. <laughs> no, I don't know either. I so I played against the person who won the Saturday challenge, and I remember like on on footfalls, and I remember like somebody in my chat was talking about, oh man, like playing blue red Merc Tide, I would love to play against that. Like that's like the freest matchup, and it was it felt really good for me, so I beat them. And then they went and won where the finals was against Freed Mania on Blue Red Murktide. So, like, I apparently they would not love to play against them, or at least not this once. <laughs> no, th this time they didn't love it. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it just feels like it just keeps it just doing gets there. Well, dude. It just gets there. Like it, it it's a simple thing that it's doing, and it has interaction that is card disadvantage most of the time, but. It's just enough to cross the finish line. Like what it's doing is powerful, reasonably fast. It is disruptible, but it all it just like ekes it out, you know. Um, and and that's just kind of the the story. That's it. <laughs> like it, it, it's it's a pretty simple, straightforward deck. It's built nice. Like I, I like the way it's built. It, it, it's very clever in its design. Very elegant design. It just does its thing, and sometimes its thing is just enough. Yeah, but it 
I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just so surprised because you just like, it got second in the Sunday challenge. It won the Saturday challenge. It doesn't seem like here. it doesn't seem like it's on the same level as these other these other decks. Exactly. It doesn't seem like it is, but but like I said, there's this simplicity to it. It's very straightforward. It's doing its linear thing very consistently. It doesn't need to make a lot of decisions. It's just like I'm gonna cast my three minute thing, put eight to ten power in a play, see if you can answer it. If you can, I win. And and if you know, I have a couple of pieces of very efficient, not efficient card wise, but efficient mana wise, inefficient timing wise, with you know their their protection spells and all that kind of stuff. And it you stumble once and they just kill you. There's Smack you the couple rhinos and it's over. Is this is this is this tempo? Is this tempo, Evan? <laughs> Dude, don't make me categorize decks. I don't know, man. I'm so bad. Like I'm over here having a hard time categorizing the the only deck I like playing, <laughs> and like you're gonna make me categorize this as tempo, the one thing that like is the most disputed archetype of all time. I don't know. It's. It, it's a it's a combo deck, right? It's combo. It's it's a one card combo, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's control. It's got counter spells. <laughs> Whatever. It's all of the decks. It's mid range. It's combo. It's control <laughs> and it's tempo. It's all of them at once. It's all of the strategies. Um, one thing that I wanted to point out is like we have seen like four four color versions of this deck, and both of the lists that have been doing well. Um, are just playing uh, straight up teamer and they're playing blood moons in the sideboard which is like the opposite of playing four colors so <laughs> just wanted just wanted to point that out um but yeah this deck seems like it was struggling against the fairy i guess that's what the furies are for in the sideboard but like also fury is like one short of, fury, of killing the fairy borrower. you have force negations to stop it from resolving in the first place i also don't know how good the fairy is otherwise right like because it's dying to those unholy heats and like bouncing your opponent's one mana threat is like not always the best thing like it's fine but like the control communities are so high in this card right now and i don't get it (laughs) like i'm seeing like i'm sitting here like well i love the archetype so much i I put so much thought into this archetype i'm always thinking about control and how i can whatever and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Teferi's insane now." We've been off to <coughs> we've been off Teferi for a while now, right? Like it, it has really fallen out of favor for for quite a bit pre Modern Horizons too. And now everyone's back on it, and and that is their main argument that is sick against this Cascade stuff. But it's like, yeah, like okay, bouncing Murktide's pretty good. Other than that, it's like it lines up so, it, it lines up so poorly against everything. Everything's one bouncing exactly. You said bouncing one mana threats is so bad. Um, it's answered really easily. It just, I don't know. I don't It just doesn't, like, every, I'll play it, and I'm like, they'll sit there with, like, an Urza Saga on, too, right? And it's like, well, I can't kill the thing, because they're going to make it on my end step, and then kill the Teferi. Like, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it, they'll make the construct end step, and I can't interact with it. It's like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think that card is as good as people are saying it is to answer these things. And then on top of that, okay, yes, a Teferi in play is good against Cascade, but it's three mana, which means you had to have been on the play, right? Because they're probably doing their thing on three. And also, they're playing a bunch of subtleties and force negations. How are you resolving this on turn three? <laughs> like, it always gets countered in my experience. I don't know. I 
I don't see the strength in the card right now. I I, I kind of get like where people say it does line up well, but I think it it misses on a lot of the format. Well, I mean, you can just balance the saga, right? Well, and then in response, they make it, and then they get another construct out of the deal because now they're going to replay it and. They still make it in response. Now they're going to kill your spirit. Like, I guess you can, but is that even good? <laughs> like, that, that's a third construct they get out of their land. <laughs> like, I don't want to give them a third body out of this land. Uh, oh, I got too good. It's just man. a third. It's a third construct to wrath the next turn. Or the yeah, three right, turns. True. If you're not dead. I, I don't know. Right. If you're not dead. <laughs> if somehow all of the things before that haven't killed you. All right, folks, anything else you want to cover? Or can we wrap it up? I've got a throwaway comment of you just need to be playing Dress Down to kill those Saga tokens. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about Dress Down. Real quick. All right, all right. A very quick thing on Dress Down. Because I've been playing Legacy, started playing that card in Legacy, and it's been sick. It lines up really well against a lot of the threats in Legacy, which, by the way, are the same threats in Modern. So, Dress Down... DRC, boom, it's a 1-1. If you have anything in play, now you get to, like, get them with a block. Yeah, your endurance or whatever. Um, you do it in response to a Murktide being played. It comes in as a 3-3. The sickest one that we were talking about is you play it, it kills all constructs in play. They lose their ability that is making them plus 1, plus 1. They become zero zeros and just die on the spot. And you're cantripping along the way. Um, this card's been... I just started playing it in Legacy. People have started playing it. I saw Pokey was playing it, and I played one of Pokey's Band Miracles list, and it was sick. Um, super impressed me. And all of the things it was good against, by the end of that league, we were like, hmm, these are all in Modern, too. And they're also all big players in Modern. So, like, maybe this is a card that would be solid in Modern, too. Maybe. Um, I can't say for sure. Uh, one, of the, one of the things we mentioned earlier, I was like, well, it could be good with Teferi, because that is something that could maybe play well with Teferi. You play it, kill the constructs and play, draw a card, pick it up with Teferi, draw a card, have it ready to go for the future constructs. I don't know. But that card's been interesting. It, it's it's a very it's a very tricky card. In instant speed, humility is kind of humility. Kind of humility. Things losing all their abilities, whatever. Can really interestingly interact with a lot of stuff in the format might be good might be it might be a hot pick right now yeah for sure like a bunch of the interactions are not even that obvious at first sight but like stopping etb triggers when you do it in one response or um the, the concert one was just like mind-blowing honestly when i saw that was you the doing biggest. that i'm just like holy yeah okay, i killed two legit. constructs with it drew a card and killed like two five fives it was like oh this game's over like <laughs> right there it just ended it and then one one interesting with ragavan is if they dash ragavan you play this and it loses haste so they can't attack you and then the ragavan goes back to their hand on end step so like there, there's a bunch of like silly interactions like that that are not necessarily obvious that are are pretty sick like i i i really enjoyed what <laughs> what i saw i really really liked it so it, it is definitely something i want to test literally nobody nobody is playing this of note it doesn't stop you know like shadowless agent or stuff like that which is would be would be awesome that is true uh but it does stop like subtlety or stuff like that so maybe it's a way to protect your teferi oh dude can you imagine that that you play teferi they subtlety it then you you play dress down then you, you pick up the dress, dress down, down. Oh. <laughs> got him 
<laughs> wait, wait, wait. Because oh, because it's confusing. Three, three. Yeah, bad idea. Bad idea. Don't do they that. keep the three three then, right? Because it loses. I think even if they yeah, evoke yeah, it, they right. would then keep it. Yeah, don't actually don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> or maybe do it, but then you bounce the. Th- no, I don't know. Look, it's a weird card in the way it interacts. This is what we're saying. It's like a super super weird card, but like, it's probably pretty good. It might be good. Maybe. It's worth checking out. No, for sure, it's super interesting. When, when you were when you mentioned that earlier today, it was kind of like, huh? All right, maybe maybe there's something here. All right, sweet. Now we can wrap it up. So where can we find you guys? Everos on Twitch, Everos on YouTube, Everos TTV on Twitter. It's uh, Spider Space on Twitch, Spider Space MTG on Twitter. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash F-P-A-W-L-U-S-Z, that is F-Pablush, and on Twitter and YouTube and Patreon, F-Pablush MTG. This has been Mishra's Bubble. Thank you so much for listening. We love you forever, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.